meat and potatoes sermon for you this morning, okay? So there's no cupcakes, okay? So if you want cupcakes or you want apple pie, that's for later, okay? I got meat and potatoes sermon for you, okay? So I hope you're ready to eat some meat this morning. How many of you like eating meat? <laughs> this is Texas, that's right. <laughs> you can have brisket later. I'm talking about meat of the Word of God, okay? So I've got some meat here for, uh, for you this morning. Paul is talking to the Colossians, the church in Colossae, and uh, he, we're in Colossians chapter 1, um, and we're talking about how freedom is not free. Freedom, freedom uh, was not free, it's paid for, isn't it? Um, and that's what uh, Paul is going to get to in just a minute, as he's talking to the Colossians, and he uh, starts off with just a, just a few things about how, how we're praying for you, and we we uh, see how you you are um, uh, spreading the gospel and telling people the good news, and that they are so thankful for that. And then it gets down to Colossians uh, chapter one, verse eleven. If you have your Bibles there, Colossians chapter one, verse eleven. It says, "We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need." Anybody need any endurance and any patience here this morning? All right. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. How many of you know that our joy comes from the Lord? Our joy comes from the Lord. Does it come with uh, how much money is in our banking account? It uh, doesn't uh, come by... Uh, you know, getting to watch your, your your favorite movie or going to a fun Skeeters game, which all that is good stuff. It, it, it doesn't come with circumstances. Circumstances can make you happy or sad, but joy comes from the Lord. That means that no matter what is going on in my life and our lives, we can have joy that God is with us. That's what he says. He says, may you be filled with joy, not filled with happiness, but that we are filled with joy and we always thank the Father because it comes from Him. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. So we get to share in this inheritance. Do we realize uh, the resources, well, not just the resources that God has, He is our source. He is not just our resources, He is our source. How many of you know that? And this inheritance that we have to look forward to, I think sometimes the Lord kind of scratches his head at us whenever we have so much concern about finances and money and what are we going to do and how are we going to pay for this and what is this. And, and God says, do, do you know who I am? <laughs> uh, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm not worried about this. And so sometimes we scratch our head because we're looking at our circumstances. We're looking at our circumstances and... Um, we, we look away from the joy. We take our eyes off of Christ, and we look at our circumstances. And I think that the, the apostles do a great job, and Paul is, is one of these that does a great job of answering some of this, that when we have struggle with our own circumstances, and we have struggle with our weaknesses or, or, or what we don't have or what we need, um, the current struggles that we have, the apostles and Paul does, do a great job of this. Because he doesn't just say, well, hey, things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. Because in some situations, things don't get too much better. But what Paul does here is he points us forward to the inheritance that we have one day. 
And that's what many of the uh, apostles do in many of the writings, is they say that your current struggles are, they do not compare to the future glory that we have in heaven. And so instead of focusing on our current struggles, there is a constant move to, but one day the day of the Lord is coming. One day there is an inheritance one day in heaven. Yes, your circumstances may not be great right now, but one day there is an inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. And I think Paul does a great job of continually pointing us to that. I think that many people try to, well, things are going to get better, things are going to pick up, and they may, and that's fine. If they don't, there is still that inheritance that we get to look forward to. Now, that's not like a fun preachy time. Yay, amen, pastor, things aren't getting better. Okay, like I get that. But that's what he's talking about here. May you be filled with joy, not just happiness in your circumstances, but you're filled with joy because there's an, an inheritance that is coming one day for those who belong to his people who live in the light. That's why we, want, we don't want to walk in darkness and try to figure stuff out, but we walk in the light. Verse 13, for he has rescued us. <laughs> for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. I could spend a week on these two verses. Okay, we don't have that long. How about two minutes? <laughs> he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. We were all at one time living in darkness, living in sin, and he rescued us. We did not rescue ourselves. He rescued us. We were on a trajectory toward death, destruction. Can I say the word hell? We were in a trajectory toward that place, and then Jesus rescues us from that. There's nothing that we did to rescue ourselves from that. He rescued us. And I am so thankful for that. Because there's no, nothing that I can boast in. There's nothing that, well, you know, I prayed a lot or I went to church and so I've earned my way into heaven. But you've done so much wrong as well. But I'm so thankful that Jesus is the one that rescued us to earn or to get this freedom. He purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Do you know that we deserve the cross? but he took our place. He rescued us. We deserve that, but he's the one that purchased our freedom. When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked that if this cup could be passed, but he knew what he had to do. He knew that if he did not give of himself, there would be no way for me and you and anyone else who has ever lived to make heaven to be with God the Father. There is no way to that. So he purchased our freedom. I mean, obviously it reminds us of July 4th. That's kind of the, the illustration of the day, talking about freedom, where there was a group of, or a large group a, 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 of men who uh, faced tyranny, faced darkness, and they fought a war for freedom. 
I'm very glad that we won that war. <laughs> and we kind of have this, uh, this idea that, you know, us as Americans, we did that. You know, we didn't do that. George Washington did that. But you know what I'm saying. We did that. Yeah, us Americans. And we, and we can, we can uh, puff our chest out a little bit. And, and, and we did that. And, and that's fine. We fought that war for that freedom. But there was, an, there was an enemy of darkness against that, and we fought that. Well, in a much higher sense, see, that was freedom for, for a country, uh, for a group of people. What Jesus did for us when he purchased our freedom was for all mankind. It wasn't just freedom, which I'm thankful for freedom, that we can go to church and we can do all these things. But the freedom that Jesus gave us on his work on the cross was for me and for you and for everyone living in Asia and Africa and South America and Europe and all over the world who has ever lived. Jesus did that. We didn't do that. I, just, I feel like I need to say that. Jesus did that. We don't earn that way into salvation. He's the one that rescued us. Now, it gives us some more meat here. Verse 15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Those of you who say, I, I, I've never seen God. How can we see God? Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. We were able to see Jesus Christ here for those 33 years, three years of ministry. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. This is another point. There's a, there's a move to say that Jesus was created. Jesus was not created. Jesus is not a created being. There, there was not a God in heaven who then created the Son uh, and, and then he became. No, no, no. Jesus is deity just as God is. There is God the Father, there is God the Son, and there is God the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe that this morning? Jesus was not a created being. I know sometimes, the, the, I guess maybe the word father and son maybe, has, uh, maybe can bring some confusion with some people, but really that's just for, for us to be able to say, to understand the relationship, okay? But Jesus was not created. Jesus was already here. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So not only was he not created, he's the one that did the creating. Through him, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see. He made buildings, well, trees and <laughs> the things to make buildings, I guess. Uh, trees, and he made us, and he made dogs, and he made all these things, and the things that we can't see, things like joy, things like love, things that forgiveness, he made all of that, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. We are created to worship him. We were created for him. I know we like to think that we were created for us so that we could have fun and have to do some fun stuff. We were created to worship him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He's the one that did this. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church. 
which is his body. He is the head of the church. So that means if the church is moving in a different direction than the direction that Jesus is moving, then it ceases to be the church. It ceases to be the body. We are the church because Christ is our head. And so we go where Christ goes. Where Christ wants to take Friendship Church, that's where we're going to go. Where, where Christ wants to take the church in America, that's where we go. The church across the world, that's the direction we go because he is the head of the church. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Verse 19, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. It's the simple gospel message that we need to always put in front of us. Is that Christ's work on the cross has brought us freedom and salvation. Nothing that we earned, nothing that we did ourselves but it was Christ's work on the cross. Christ's work on the cross is what brought us freedom. And peace with everything is because of that. I am thankful for Christ's work on the cross. Amen? Thankful that we're going to take communion here in just a little bit to remind us, and it's a great reminder for us as a church of what He did for us on the cross. The sacrifice that he gave, and we talk about sacrifices in this country. There was no greater sacrifice than what Jesus did for us. For people who, as it said earlier, we were living in the kingdom of darkness. In fact, here's what it says in verse 21. i got two more verses for you. Verse 21, it says this. All of this salvation on the cross says this includes you. Everybody say, me. (laughs) This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated for him by your evil thoughts and your actions. It says that you were enemies of God. We don't like to say that, though, do we? But if we were far from God, we were enemies of God. It means God, you know, God's, God's want us to go this way. We were going this way. So he wants us to turn us around. We were enemies of God. I mean, we, were, we would think selfishly. We would think about ourselves. We think about what is right for us. And we made decisions based on that, what was best for me, best for us. And we were enemies of that. He died on the cross for us, not good people, not people who already loved him, but for enemies of him. What sacrifice is that? What kind of amazing sacrifice is that, that he would do that for us? So for those of you here in the room, and you've been, maybe you've been struggling with this, maybe you're watching online, and you've been struggling with this, trying to figure out salvation and freedom and, and, and what is the right way to live and, and what am I supposed to do? You don't do anything, earn your way into heaven. It is through Jesus Christ. It is through Jesus Christ that he does this. And so this verse 22 is, is kind of what is, the, what is this 
leading us up to. That God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. He purchased our freedom, forgave our sins. He created us. This is for you. The one who is maybe struggling with this, struggling with salvation, struggling with giving your heart to the Lord, struggling with freedom a little bit. Listen to what he does. Verse 22. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. I mean, he's joined you back with Christ. Okay? You were apart. You were enemies. He joined you back with him. As a result, <laughs> he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's what God did for you. Many times we can lay our head on our pillow and feel the shame and feel the guilt of what we have done. We don't know if, if we can ever measure up to God, measure up to church, measure up to what other people expect of us to be. But what he did is he brought you enemies of God at one point, trajectory going to death and destruction. He rescued you brought you into the presence of God, and then introduced you to God as one who is blameless with no fault. Then gives us an inheritance for all eternity. And what did we do to deserve it? Nothing. God gave it to us. This freedom He gave to us. And we stand before God without a single fault written to our name. Hallelujah. So you want to talk about freedom. There, there, are, there are people all over the world who walk in this darkness and walk in their sin and walk as if they are not good enough. We as believers who are in this room, who are believers, we can walk in freedom. We get to walk in freedom of Jesus Christ, knowing that God has rescued us from our sins. And I am so thankful for that. And I can't think of a better day than the day that we're already talking about freedom to give that opportunity to somebody else. So worship team, if you would come on up and begin to, to lead us into some more worship. I'm going to, we're going to do something. We're going to open up these altars. Because here's what I'd like to do. First of all, those of you who are watching online, Maybe you're watching it live or maybe you're watching it later this week. I want you to know that you don't have to do anything in the sense of all of a sudden let me get my life right and then I'll get before God. What you need to do right now is, is accept the fact that you are a sinner. So you'll never see a need for a Savior unless you know that you're a sinner. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. All of us have. Me, you, all the way down to Abraham Lincoln and everyone else who has ever lived. All of us. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, accepting the fact and stating the fact, I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. God, come into my life. Take my sins away. Help me to live for you forever. That's what you have to say. And believe that God is in you. For those of you who are here in the room, I want to give opportunity.
we're talking about freedom, you can go ahead and play whenever you're ready. I want to give you an opportunity. You're here today and and you've, and you've struggled with this whole salvation thing. Maybe you tried to do it yourself. You want to give your heart to the Lord this morning. We're going to give opportunity for that. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you love God with all your heart, but you are dealing with some issues. You're dealing with some things that you need freedom from. We're going to give you the opportunity to pray as well on that. Maybe you're here today and you just want to say thank you to God for the freedom that you have in your life. We're going to give you opportunity for that as well. So if, if it, can we stand this morning? Because I want, I want to give you the opportunity to, to move. I know sometimes we have with the altar time. I, I'm going to open up the altar to everybody here this morning, okay? We're going to open up the altar to everybody. If you are here this morning and you want to give your heart to the Lord, this place is for you, and we want you to find a place to pray. If you are here today and you just need freedom, you're dealing with something, you love the Lord with all your heart, but you're dealing with something and you need freedom from blank, then these altars are open. If you're here this morning and you say, I just want to take a few moments and thank God for the freedom that I have in Jesus Christ, then these altars are open, okay? It is open to everyone this morning. So one, two, three, go. Let's find a place to pray. And if that's you, you need to ask the Lord into your heart. You need to find freedom for something, or you just want to say how thankful and grateful you are for his freedom. Find a place to pray. Let's take a few moments, and let's thank him.